week's episode, we've got a plethora of great new titles. From the kickoff of Avengers Empire, to a surprising new tale about a vampire ninja, to a super sweet compilation all about local comic shops. It's all happening now on Cover B. Welcome back. Welcome to some Cover B. It is Cover B time. Sorry for that weird squeak. I like started like. (laughs) I sound like a Muppet. I don't know what that's all about. A little bit, yeah. It's fine. Alvin and the Chipmunks thing going on. It's fine. I just had some coffee. I'm feeling vibed. Get my mic. I'm vibing in. Are you adjusted? Yes. Are you situated? I am, yes. Are we ready to talk comics? Let's talk some some quamics. Let's do it. Um, the first one I wanted to talk about is really cool. Um, this one kind of took me by surprise. I honestly don't remember hearing about it, like hearing that it was coming in. Yeah. Um, and then I saw it. I really liked the art. I liked the kind of, it has like an elevator pitch on the, the front where it calls itself like a ninja vampire story or something. And I was like, oh, I'm sold. Um, this one's called Bleed Them Dry. It's from Vault Comics. Um super cool it's got like a very you know it it feels like a lot of vampire books where vampire stories i guess where the vampires are like an established like group you know right um but in this particular one the vampires are just kind of like accepted and they're like a part of society right um and then it's basically like a cop story like a neo-noir set in kind of like a very like neo-Japan, neo-Tokyo feeling It had city. a, that, um, that game Deus Ex. It yeah, kind of had that vibe to it. kind of had a it. vibe like that. Um, and yeah, it was just super cool. Uh, like I really liked the first issue. Um, it did a, it did, like the pacing was really solid and it did a really good job kind of drawing you into this world without wasting a lot of time world building. Like you kind of just accept who these people are and they did a good job like establishing who is and is not a vampire without it being like, you're a vampire. You're one of them, you know, you know, and <laughs> right. stuff like that. Um, yeah. I just, I just think it's cool. I, yeah. the, so this is what kind of struck me, which it's not a bad thing, but this very much felt to me like a manga doing a stereotypical cop drama Mm -hmm. so like and when i say that i don't mean like art wise or anything i thought the art was really really cool i but particularly like instances of dialogue and like the way the captain talks and like how they discuss like politicalness in the cop situation like it literally felt like if you turned law and order svu into a manga that this is the com like the content that would occur. It mm-hmm. it kind of made me chuckle. Like there were instances where I was like, man, that's some real copness right there. <laughs> like, oof, that one. Am I watching NYPD Blue or am I reading a comic? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I I don't know. I thought it was cool, but there were definitely moments of dialogue that that maybe took me out of it a little bit just for a good hearty chuckle. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no, it, it's it's really solid. The art is really solid. Um, Vault puts out some good stuff. Like they, they're one of those smaller companies that kind of just 
got it right. Yeah. Um, and when they do get creators doing stuff for them, it always tends to be really solid. Like I've read a lot from Vault that I really enjoy. Um, I haven't kept up with all of it, admittedly, but um, you know, like I keep up with Heathen. Um, I'm going to be keeping up with this one. Uh, and there's just a there's a handful of really just solid books that come out of Vault. Um, and this is another one that's just really impressed me. So I highly recommend this one. I think it's going to be a fun ride. It's got a cool kind of setup. Um, and I think the backdrop of the vampires, because usually when you have vampires, they're either like in the shadows or they're like in control of society, but everyone hates them. You know what I mean? It's like a tyrannical thing. Right. There was a book I read recently um, where vampires were like a thing and everyone knew about it. It was like vampires, zombies, and something else like existed. Like those kind of things existed and everybody knew about it. Uh, but they were like aberrations. They were like shunned. Oh, okay. And like mistreated and discriminated okay. against. Um, and so it's it's things I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head of a story that's told in such a way where vampires are just like, a part of society and you have like natural born vampires and then converts and then like weird like half breeds and people know about all these things but they just kind of exist yeah you know what i mean they're not like shunned or looked down upon like and that gives you kind of world building where you can make conversations about like discrimination and stuff because surely there would be people in this world that are like no vampires we hate vampires vampires are the devil you know right um yeah, I, I just think there's a lot of cool stories to be told in this, so I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, you know? it definitely, it was a fun read. I agree. Yeah. So this next one, I am really, really excited to talk about um, because this whole line has surprised me from top to bottom. Um, the Marvel snapshots, if you've seen them in your local comic stores, they kind of admittedly look like they're a throwaway. Um, mm -hmm. if you look at the cover, it's like, and even in the interiors of these, they're like very classic Kirby-esque art. Yeah. It seems like it might even be like a retelling of an old story mm -hmm. or like a reprint of an old book. Yeah. Um, they're focused around like classic characters that, you know, typically get plenty of attention. It, it's very easy to miss these books on the line. Um, but I'm here to tell you, don't skip these books. Don't skip them. I have been surprised every time. Um, mm -hmm. I believe I spoke in a past episode about the Marvel snapshot Namor, yep. which focused not inherently on Namor as the main character, but as, you know, someone that he dated who had been like, it was really around like PTSD and drama yeah. and there, I believe was a fantastic four one that, or like a Johnny storm one. Yeah. There was um, a human torch one. And yeah. that one was really good. That one focused on the people of the town that where they were from. Well, this week is the captain America and Falcon, um, snapshot. And as with previous issues, this one doesn't, you know, isn't told from their perspective. It's actually told from the perspective of a young man from the South Bronx. Um, a quick synopsis of what goes on. There is a um, tragedy that happens in Manhattan where bad guys drop something called a mad bomb, which effectively puts for a very short time, like 10 minutes, 
everyone in New York City goes crazy and and, and starts hurting each other and is filled with rage. And mm. so you have like mothers killing their children and Jeez. like best friends and like families hurt, like killing each other. And it's horrific. And the other burbs of New York. So like Manhattan is fixed up by Captain America and Queens is fixed up by Spider-Man. Well, there's no one to take care of South Bronx and they get forgotten. And so Oof. they just keep falling into more and more decay and the businesses are pulling out because it's not profitable anymore. And so people are losing their jobs. And so it's, hmm. it's horrible. And so this young man trying to get his fam and his family has tragedy through the mad bomb and like trying to get his, his life somewhere moving forward. He accepts a job at aim and oh, okay. it follows him and his, um, moral compass and confronting the heroes that have abandoned them. And it is so timely and so good. I have goosebumps right now. Like I was reading it wow. with just slack jawed. Like yeah. this is so, I, it's funny because you read the, like you look at ads that are in the book and clearly this was yeah. going to be published in April because of yeah. things that it says, like this was already ready to go. Like it's just so timely. Like the way that yeah. it dropped right now, in everything that's going on, it, mm -hmm. it I just sort of sat there slack-jawed, like, this is so good. This needs to be shared. People need to read this book. Like, it matters. It's exactly what they're saying. Like, people have been forgotten, and we have to stop letting that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And and I it, it moved me. So I 100%, cool. please, please, please do yourself a favor. Go pick this book up off the shelf. Just do it. Just nice. go get it. Yeah, it sounds like a perfect book for, <laughs> for so, the time. Oh, my God. It was so, like, I, I couldn't, it, it was hard to get my mind around because it was like this, it, it's amazing how just appropriate and right on the nose and exactly what needed to be happening. They did a great job. The voicing is solid. It's so relatable and, in, and you know, mm -hmm. involved and the art is appropriate and it feels good. And, you know, Captain America is just trying to do the right thing. Oh, <laughs> like just go get if you see a marvel snapshot on the wall at your local comic book store just take it yeah. like buy that it's, book it's cool buy to see it. a marvel They're book so good yeah it's cool to see a marvel book that's representing new york in a more realistic way too <laughs> because new york is all the different boroughs yep right and like they aren't all culturally the same no. but it's constantly like new york's in trouble we've saved new york but i've always kind of wondered that like you know take war of the realms for instance and new york it's like the country the world gets taken over by all these different creatures from these different realms and new york's one of those like how are you just gonna flush all the trolls and shit out of mm -hmm. new york just boom we did it to one, so we did it to all. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not New York's like that. a huge place, and you know, it, I I think that's part of why I typically connect more with like the street level heroes, right? Because they're the ones like grinding through the streets and going like burrow to burrow and like checking on like checking like the subway lines and checking on like you know the less centralized non Manhattan places. Yep. Um, it and was, I just think that's really cool. But you rarely hear that. And usually it's like New York, 
or Hell's Kitchen. And that's like it. And that's you know the thing. I mean? It's so interesting, too, because they point out like Manhattan has Iron Man because that's where his, yeah, his that's where headquarters his is. is. Yeah. And Spider-Man is in Queens and Daredevil's in Hell's Kitchen. Nobody's in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Nobody was there to support them. And like, it's just it, it was so gutting. Yeah. Was the word. Like yeah. you look at these pages flipping and then it's just like South Bronx is a bit and you're just like. Oh, it just stabs you because they didn't Ouch. have anyone to pump yeah. them. And you're like, oh, man. <laughs> but it's, it's this series, like I said, it has touched on things that doesn't get touched on by these characters. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't normally see a story about Namor with PTSD. You don't yeah. normally I like, see. This and I type like that. I like I like stories that represent the hero's limitations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yep. it's not to say that Spider-Man wouldn't want to help South Bronx. But he's got to deal with Queens. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that's where his home is. He's dealing with that. And he only has so much he can do. You know right. what I mean? Um, and maybe, you know, at the end of the day, he could have done more. And everything just kind of got swept down under. And, you know, the information wasn't presented or whatever. But, like, I do like books that focus on kind of the limitations of heroes. Because I yeah. think sometimes superhero writing can just be very... And it happens with specific characters more often than not. Um, but it can be very just like. They can do anything. Right. Like, I don't want to make any unfortunate com- like call outs, but like Batman 93 came out this week or last week, this week. And it um, was like the wrap up of the designer thing that's been going right. on in Batman, kind of the a lead up to the Joker war that's going to happen I think in 95 and wrapping up the designer thing and it was wrapped up kind of in that way I won't spoil anything but it's just like Batman just did because Batman do yeah you know what I mean like we weren't given a lot of solid like Batman's figuring this out here's where he's finding these clues he literally just in this issue is like oh yes I figured it out while I was dealing with the Riddler and it's like Sherlock Holmes did you know and Like Batman, Wolverine, Superman, um, to an extent, Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man, it depends on the writer. And that's why Uh, I liked this instance of Captain America, because there's actually a scene where Captain America gets on TV and he's like, New York has been saved. And this kid's watching it on TV and he's like, we haven't been. Yeah. How can you Not say all New, York- of New York? Yeah, how yeah. can you say New York has been saved and you've left us yeah. to rot? So I feel like sometimes in superhero stories it can just be like we did because of course we did. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I like seeing these stories that focus instead on the weaknesses or the limitations of the heroes. Yes. And agreed. You know, that they're not perfect and they need to be held to the same accountability as anybody in like a life-saving civilian protecting right. environment where you know if you don't do the best you can you should be held accountable for it um which again speaks to a lot of what's happening very relevant today. so no that's really cool it was it was like great a cool book i'm gonna go pick these up out. i'm i'm fingers crossed that there's going to be more of these snapshots they yeah. have been some of my favorite reads recently yeah. and i really hope there's nice. more hopefully they'll keep coming out with them uh, moving on, the next one I wanted to talk about is uh, That Texas Blood, number one. So this is a new image book. 
Um, it's written by Chris Condon and has art by Jacob Phillips. It's actually the first ongoing series, I think, to have Jacob Phillips art in it. Oh. Jacob Phillips is actually the son of Sean Phillips, who does all the Ed Brubaker collabs. Oh. And he's been coloring for them for a while, but I don't believe he's had an ongoing that has had his art in it. So I'm really happy Very for him cool. to kind of break away and get his first because I, you know, his coloring and the Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips stuff that he's done. He's an amazing colorist and just sets the tone of those books so incredibly well. And, you know, I love his dad's work. Sean Phillips is an amazing artist um, and has been putting out great stuff. So I'm really excited to see where he goes. I love the art style in this book um, and the tone in and of itself kind of feels very on par with, uh, with the Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips stuff. Um, it's set in kind of a quiet, cozy little Texas town. Um, and basically the first issue just kind of follows the sheriff of that town. He turns 70 years old and is just going through his day doing seemingly mundane things that a 70 year old sheriff would do. But there's something weird in the background. Yep. And I think that's what I like. It's a first issue that doesn't end in this like drastic cliffhanger, but it gives you enough questions and shows you enough things that you're like, what the hell? Yep. Um, that you're just left wanting more and you leave the issue not knowing, is this a supernatural book? Is this like a grounded, you know, we're here in this moment. It's like a neo-noir book. Is this going to be like a modern you know, Western type thing. Uh, is this a drama? Is it a horror? You don't really know because yep. you get little tidbits of all of that. And it leaves you wanting the answer to those questions. And I think that's a really great way. Like there's basically two ways to do a first issue because your first issue is your first impression and you have to draw people in. Um, and it really requires you to pick one of two pacings on opposite ends of the spectrum because you either go in very fast pace get a lot of info out get a lot of character development out and bam leave with some sort of dramatic cliffhanger right um i mean the first one i talked about bleed them dry that's what they did oh yeah like, boom 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 boom. here's the characters here's the world bam cliffhanger and that's but i want more i'm like whoa i'm really invested this is awesome or you slow down the pacing a little bit and you do exactly what this book did where you start to put the questions out there. You put the bricks down. You make like a little facade of the world and the story and the overall narrative. But you make it abstract enough that people can't fully... It's like they're driving by and they see the construction fence up and they see a little bit of a building and they're like, I really want to know what that is. Yeah. You know? It's slower. It's calmer. When you do the slower pace method, method, you run the risk of it being kind of of it not capturing people. Right. So you have to set up these signposts along the way. Like I said, that leave you with questions that you need the answers for. And I think they did an amazing job with that. They just had like images pop up or story arcs pop up or characters pop up that never really got fully resolved but are obviously an integral part of this story. So like, where is this story going to go? I have to know, <laughs> you know? Yes. I 
don't know what it is about this book, but I was fully enraptured in yeah. this book. I am sucked in. I so I'm a really fast reader. I tend to like blow through comics. It's kind of just how I am. I've always been like a very quick consumer. But what that means is that a lot of the time I finish reading a book and I I know what I read, but I couldn't be like, oh yeah, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, and give you like full detailed content about it. Mm-hmm. I could probably relay every page to you in order with this book. There is something about this book that just picked my attention and kept it like it's as Chris said most of what happens is just incredibly mundane but I think the that element of it it being such mundane standard behaviors is what Mm -hmm. triggered me because it's like there's a reason we're seeing these mundane tasks. There's a reason we're watching him on this day in this context. Yeah. And it's almost like you're trying to find the stuff in the background that's giving you clues about what's going to happen and what's going on. Like you're afraid. It's like when you watched um, that horror show on Netflix, The Hauntings of Hill House, where like, they give you previews of things that's coming up. They put mm-hmm. things in the background that you could miss, but that could tell you about what's going forward, especially in the more mundane sense, like sections of the show. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to miss something if I'm not like laser focused into this book. So props to them because it's hard to get me that engaged. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's got a whole, um, you know, neo-Western feel to it on top of everything. And neo-Western is kind of having this like weird revival yeah. in like the mainstream. I think it's helped by, you know, very popular full-on Western things like Red Dead Redemption. But for instance, I'm playing through The Last of Us 2 right now. Um, and there's a lot of neo-Western tones in oh, that. Yeah. It's set in the Northwest, so it doesn't have a lot of that like Texas you know, Nevada, Arizona kind of feel. There's no cactuses. Typically (laughs) thematic, like Kansas, typically thematic of like Western and particularly neo-Western films. When you look at things like No Country for Old Men, for instance, which is one that a lot of people use as a backdrop of like a neo-Western. But like, you know, I'm reading a book, Undone by Blood, which I've talked about on here, which is very neo-Western and is amazing. Um... I'm playing Last of Us 2 and there's a lot of neo-Western themes. The soundtrack itself plays into kind of the Western cinematic and like spaghetti Western cinematic kind of general thematic tones that come up in uh, right. those soundtracks. Um, and so I'm perfectly happy seeing neo-Western <laughs> kind of have this weird revival. And I don't mean weird in the sense of like, neo-western win anywhere because we've had neo-western stuff but i feel like there's this real push for like dark tonal almost mccarthyan um cormac mccarthy uh western stories to be told in our day and age yeah like all the ones that are coming out are very dark in tone they involve a lot of betrayal but not the cliche like overblown betrayal that often happens in Not an Western Toya. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, not a like curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal kind of things. Like they they toe the lines of like love and friendship and who can you trust, who should you trust, what happens when you put too much trust in. Um, they toe the line of is it worth standing up for what you believe in versus you know giving in to what people say you should be and i think that speaks to a modern generation like Absolutely. i think that kind of stuff like and that's what we have here like that's what i feel like they're setting up is they've got this 70 year old sheriff doing 70 year old sheriff things there's something hanging in the balance there's some sort of thing you know going on in this town that he's going to have to go after and it seems to be one of these things where there's everywhere he turns, someone's telling him how to do his job, how to do the next step of his day, you know, what he needs to do, what he needs to focus on, whether it's his wife giving him trouble or the lady at the station giving him trouble or the, you know, clerk telling him he needs to check in on this guy or, you know, this, you know, disgruntled couple like having domestic disputes and stuff like that, like. There's all these people kind of dictating where he needs to go. And then he has some sort of history where at one point he made a choice that maybe wasn't the right one. Maybe wasn't a good one. Who knows? Um, and it's looking like soon he's going to be pushed to a point where he needs to make another choice. And it falls into line with that whole idea that a lot of these neo-Westerns are putting out of like, do you stand for what you do? You stand by your convictions or the convictions of others? or the regulations of others or the opinions of others, or do you go all in on how you want to approach a situation? Um, it's so good. Yeah. I, I'm so in love with the push of neo-Western stuff right now. Like I'm really into it. I love neo-Western things. I'm trying to think of a, there was another movie that was like, I watched it with my parents and I can't remember the name of it, but I was going to use it as another example of neo-Western stuff. But it was like two brothers like rob a bank and it's told from this per perspective of like the two brothers as well as like oh, the marshals yeah. or Texas Rangers or something that are hunting them down and stuff. And oh, it's I, been a while since I, saw I that. cannot remember what the name of it is. I was trying to find it, but um, if anybody knows, let me know um, Hit us up and because I was thinking stuff. about that, but um yeah i i love it this is definitely one worth picking up like this week was a strong week for books and yeah, it was a really know, good week so far we're three in and they're all like do not miss them they're very good so so the next one you might have trouble finding maybe not depends on your local store um this is actually a free book um it's called sos support our shops um mm -hmm. It is a compilation of various authors and artists and yep. colorers and letterers um, basically recanting stories of what comics mean to them or their first experience with yep. comics. I will be completely honest with you. As I was reading it, I got so tearied. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a very sweet, sometimes sappy, uh, free book sent out by Aftershock. Um and it's, yeah, it's exactly what he said. It's a bunch of stories from artists and writers detailing their favorite memory or favorite experience with a shop or just kind of like detailing, you know, the wonders and beauty available to individuals at comic shops. Yep. Um, it was, it was cool. And it it's, it's so a free cute. promotional thing. So it, 
you know, maybe not every, I don't know if they send it to every shop or uh, just certain accounts or what. Uh, so your shop might not have it, but it is free. It is kind of cute. Um, it is worth picking up to kind of get them warm fuzzies. I over really comic enjoyed book reading shops. it. Like Chris said, it was a little sappy in moments, but there were some of them like, there's one story where a little girl's in a comic store and the female clerk is like, oh, I think you would like this one and gives her the book. And mm -hmm. then she like talks to a young man. And, you know, from from my perspective as someone who has helped out in a comic book store as a woman and people always have that like there aren't women in comic book stores, the whole Big Bang Theory behavior of yeah. view of comic book stores being yeah. like all anti-girl zones anti-girl yeah. zones it's only boys if a girl walks in all the boys get uncomfortable like that's not how comic shops are and to have one represented here where she's like oh yeah bring your art in like it's so oh i got all teary-eyed and i was like i admit, i hate not being able to go into my local yeah. shop all the time right now <laughs> i really liked there's a story in there from jamie mckelvey about oh, how yes. basically how sandman got him into doing comics and I think that's a really cool one. And he like oh. calls out the store owner that helped him in the store. Um, and so it's stuff like that. It's it's very cool if you've been in comics for a while, if you work in comics, um, or you just have a local shop that you frequent. It would be worth picking up. Um, just go in, ask them if they have it. Like I said, it's free. They might have it behind the counter so that people don't grab all of them because a lot of times with free books, that's what shops have to do because people will roll in and be like, I can get these for free and sell them for a dollar online. He, he I'm a business genius um, because those people exist. Um, so go yeah. in and ask if they have it. Pick it up. Read it. It's cool. And it's, it's, so it's a nice way of drumming up the heartstrings for shops who yeah, considering what's going on right now are honestly struggling. A lot of shops in the world are still having a hard time and oh, yeah. it's good to be reminded that comics would not be the same way if it wasn't for comic book shops. If comics were still only available on news racks at, you know, grocery stores and pharmacies, it wouldn't be the same industry that it is today. No way. So no way. What's next? The last My one on our is. list <laughs> is Avengers Empire number uh, zero. Yes. Empire. Don't don't sing the Empire carpet song, please. Do you guys know that jingle? Don't no. I don't. won't sing it. I'm not singing it. <laughs> I'm just saying every time I look at this crossover event, which they're pushing in every book that comes from Marvel, every time I see it. I've got the little like 3D animated steam cleaner dude in my head yep. doing a thumbs up, giving a little nod, hat tip. I can't help it. It's not my fault. They should have named it something different. So, yes, we're here to talk about <laughs> Empire today. And you can do it. And I can't. That's cheating. <laughs> you already did part of the, the thing. I can do part of the Anyway, um, <laughs> so far, all we've had from Empire because Empire got drastically effed up by uh coronavirus um is the like road to empire thing the like little prequel book yes um and we've seen some setup for empire in the incoming number one that came out toward the end of last year or the beginning of this year incoming i think yeah, it was the beginning of this year beginning of this year um so we haven't had much but it's been because of the delay in shipping and everything 
um, through Diamond. It's been advertised for literally six years now. Um, <laughs> it's like it's crazy to me. I was thinking about that the other day that I've only read two Empire books, but I feel like I've been hearing about Empire the entire time I've been in comics. Like they've been advertising the hell out of it. But because they got delayed, they haven't been able to release any of it. Yeah. And it, it's telling when you read this book because they've got one of those checklists in the back and none of those books are out. But it's like in April and it's like 50 books <laughs> and then it's like in May and it's like 100 books and it's like, well, none of those are out. So <laughs> um, at least we're not behind. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Avengers Empire number zero is the Avengers side. So the Empire story, it's looking like, is going to be divided mainly into two camps, a Fantastic Four side and an Avengers side, all boiling down to the Kree, Skrull, uh, alliance that has formed one big empire under their emperor um, and have decided that Earth is bad and needs to be gone. Um, don't know why they're <laughs> southern. Um, so they're pulling out a full-on assault on Earth. Um, the Avengers side of it seems to be the conflict side. So that's going to be the one that. And then, if I know the Fantastic Four, they'll be the like, but we have to understand side. Um, this book was cool. It draws into some older cosmic stuff, so you might have to do a little bit of like looking up what happened um with different like space races in right. the marvel universe so have a marvel wiki available um and there's like references to older avengers and stuff like that so there's a lot of history in this event yeah, which is a lot which is really different for marvel marvel doesn't often do a, like big events where it's like better read the books you know what i mean like because yeah. there there are characters that are going to pop up and, you know, in solicitations for issues that haven't come out yet, there are going to be even more characters that are going to pop up that are like old characters. Huh, that's interesting. Um, you know, there's one in this book. They make reference to another one that if you weren't ultra familiar with, you know, the expanse of cosmic Marvel, um, you might not know all about and stuff. So it... um. It's going to be hef like I feel like there's going to be moments in Empire where if you haven't been reading for a while or you just don't know certain factoids about certain characters, you might need to look them up. But that's not a problem. We live in the age of the Internet. So just have the Marvel wiki up. Yeah. Um, multiple Marvel. This is a quick side note. Multiple Marvel wikis available. Um, I prefer the one on Wikia. I think it's like marvel.wikia.com or something. Hmm. Tends okay. to be a little bit more comprehensive. As opposed to using like Wikipedia or like the marble.com wiki. Anyway, this one's cool. Uh, I mean, if you're going to be getting into the Empire series, once it all starts hitting shelves, um, this one's definitely one that you want to pick up just because it does set the stage uh, for things to come. The only thing that stood out to me, I really liked the way this was written, and I liked it focuses more um, from the perspective of Iron Man, and I liked the way he was portrayed in this. I like the direction that more modern books have been going with Iron Man. I think mm -hmm. that's really cool. The only thing I'm going to say, I don't want to ruin anything or spoil anything, but I am interested to see 
how they handle Captain Marvel in all of this uh, event. Because as of now, it kind of feels like they put her on the wrong side. Um, and it feels weird to me. So this, <laughs> this isn't a spoiler because the books aren't out and it's already been solicited. Uh, Captain Marvel's going to become an, a, an accuser. Oh, I don't know if you've seen the covers for that not. yet. No, yeah. So her involvement is this. I don't know to what degree or how, uh, but she it looks like is going full on the Kree side. Okay, and is becoming an accuser and then like starting an accuser core. I think. Okay, so, that helps. Yeah, because yeah. in this book, it felt like they were positioning her against the Kree, and that felt super weird to me because. Like everything Kelly Thompson has written with her and mm-hmm. even books prior to that have been like, look what a Cree Carol is now. She's part Cree and now she's like super Cree. And it's just been like really hammered down into that. Mm-hmm. And so in this book, when it kind of felt like they were leaning towards her being like on this other side, I was like, what is going on with that? That's weird. It'll that be interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how empire goes. I'm imp- interested to see what Marvel and the writers are looking to tell with this story. Um, I said it in a previous episode and I'll rehash it here, but I think Marvel is really pulling into like cosmic stories. Yeah. Um to try to move towards whatever their next big step is. I agree. Um you know, they've been setting up Noel Thor, you know, is currently dealing with like the Black Winter and all this stuff. And um uh you know, the, in the Guardians of the Galaxy series, we've got like the Greek gods are back, but they're out in space and they're really mean. Um and so there's a lot of like a lot of stuff being changed and it's all being changed to a very cosmic degree. I don't know if that's a knee jerk response to Marvel's movies, how they've had, you know, great success with guardians, great success with Thor Ragnarok, which was more of a cosmic story and less of a like Asgard story Um, or what, but, uh, they seem to be really pushing towards cosmic stuff, really pushing towards the Null and the King in Black and the Black Winter and all that stuff. So um, potentially Empire is going to have some big part of that. So I think it uh, is potentially going to be. And I, I, I know I always say potentially on this just because you never really know. Marvel yeah. makes big promises like. Oh hey, this is gonna be this is gonna change the status quo. This is gonna be the thing that changes the face of the Marvel universe forever, and then it just kind of ends. And then they put all the toys back in the playbook. Yeah, and it's um, <laughs> so um, <laughs> we'll see. But I I think if they do have big plans for the cosmic side of Marvel, this is gonna be a good platform them for them to either do something big or to start laying the foundation of whatever comes next. Yeah, so. I agree. Well, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Um, If you want more Cover B, you can visit our website, Mm -hmm. coverbpodcast.com. We might have an honorable mentions for this episode. Maybe not. Depends on if. Yeah, we had a a couple this week that we were on the fence of. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, you should follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Cover B Podcast. Yes, indeed. I have been putting all sorts of stuff on there. I've been so much better about it lately. You're welcome. Um, 
don't forget to follow us um, on Twitch with our other group, Tink Tink Games. Yep. Gaming six days a week. And follow us on Instagram where Chris posts food and cats and I post cosplay. And I don't really post anything anymore. I'm so bad. You've been lazy. I, I have not been using my Instagram. Well, it's hard to post stuff when you don't go anywhere. That is true, yeah. <laughs> I don't do a lot, so. I feel like Instagram content has really changed over the past six months. Yeah, true. <laughs> so, anyway, have an awesome weekend. We hope everybody is you know, hanging in there. I know stuff might be getting kind of weird again, but we're going to keep reading comics and keep sharing them with you and try and keep things light, bright, and fluffy. So yep. have a good rest of your weekend, and we will see you on the next episode of, of Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, y'all.